today on the program. Put your tongue away. It looks disgusting hanging out all pink and naked. It's a hard day's night. Welcome to the Rewatch Party. I'm your host, Nick. Joining me today is the surge to my fandom, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, that feels right. I think no. so. Yeah, the surge. <laughs> Surging with girls out there. <laughs> uh, also joining us in studio today, most of Manny. Uh, this is a trend. This is a <laughs> 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 past few episodes. Just I'm listening back like, man, Manny is... I think he's driving the struggle bus at this point. He's not on the struggle bus. He owns it at this point. He's got stock. We're just getting drugged along behind it. Yeah. <laughs> We're just here like for a, the like shitty a, ride. His jacket's caught in the door, and it's just dragging him up. It's parked out back, honestly. Yeah, it's parked upside down out back. Um, yeah, it was really hard to find an opening line in this movie, because it's a nice, wholesome 1964 Beatles movie, and... Yeah, like, not really anything fucked up said. So talking about a naked tongue, I guess, is as far as it goes. Yeah, pretty pretty wholesome movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to watch this in 2022 because I feel like it's been not only done so many times now, but also like obviously stepped up, and it's you can get a little more fucked up than you could in 1964, I guess. You know, as as rock and roll got more debaucherous and shit. So yeah. this is this is like. At this point, it's something you'd put on. For you like think rock and roll was ever not debaucherous? I mean, what, like well, the Beatles yeah. kind of was this. I don't know how many like band movies, like movies in a, bands in a movies there are. I know this one was probably one of the first ones. Yeah, well, it was one of the first. Like I think Elvis had done a few, and like Frankie Valli, but they were always like playing characters or like yeah, this it, is the band being the, the band, band and right? like yeah, it was uh, it was a lot more realistic band type movie that. Yeah, there's definitely been singers and stuff that are actors in movies. Yeah, but yeah. Not, I mean, Elvis was always like. I'm a surfer dude, cool, and now I'm going to sing a song randomly. Or, I don't know, yeah. they were just some... Usually, it always seemed like they were some stupid beach-themed bullshit. So the Beatles were one of the first, and then Kiss really perfected it. Yeah, well, yes, of oh, course. Oh, man. <laughs> when they saved Christmas? Yeah, and, and yeah. Fought and pterodactyls or something? Something like that, too. When they're yeah, a pterodactyl? Yeah. Wait, Kiss uh, has movies? Yeah, I think they were all... Were they all cartoons? No, no. There was there a live-action Live-action Kiss. Because I think there horrible. was... Kiss cartoon where they fought a pterodactyl or some shit going on. That sounds cool. <laughs> well, and I know that they were in like Scooby Doo and stuff too. Oh yeah. Well, well I of knew course. That. I knew Gene that. Simmons was not shy about the fact that he was a. I will market this band any way I can. If I can put Kiss on it and sell it, I'm going to. Oh yeah. I mean, why not? He learned that from George Lucas, I think. With the Star Wars. With the Star Wars. Then, yeah. Anything you could put Star Wars on, you could have. <laughs> Hey man, and it. it and it works. Kiss ran with it, yeah. Have Kiss you... meets the Phantom of the Park. There you go. That's when they teamed up with Scooby Doo. No, that was the movie, the live oh. action movie. Nineteen seventy. Even Foo Fighters have a live action movie that came out like this. Yeah, like Seriously, it's like, like a horror year. movie. I haven't seen it. What yeah. the fuck? Where the hell yeah, have they I been? Were... They probably is it Foo Fighters meet the Phantom of the Park. That's yeah. what they should do. <laughs> <laughs> the Foo Fighters Days Night, and then they just like remake yeah. all these other bands movies. You know what? That um, would that would totally be something I that would, they would do. I could see Dave Grohl doing that for yeah. sure. 
uh, and it would be hilarious, and I would watch every single one, I'm sure. But yeah, this this Foo Fighters movie, they like get some old house and set up to record in it, you know, like Zeppelin did and all the bands used to do. But it, the house is haunted and people are dying and crazy shit. It's like a horror movie, but funny ish. I don't know. I'm haunted. probably gonna watch it at some point. Haunted by the ghost of a dead drummer. Oh, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would be fucked up because Taylor was still alive at the time, so it could be like really foreboding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, you guys uh, obviously weigh no more weight more than what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> we haven't even started yet. Um, anyway, we're not talking about any of these other bands' movies. We are talking about a Hard Day's Night from 1964, directed by Richard Lester. Richard Lester did a whole lot of Three Musketeers stuff. Like, he really liked the Three Musketeers. And not, obviously, the Hollywood ones with, like, Charlie Sheen, but the old English ones where they're, like, trying to be true to the novel. But Right. That's why I struggle with this one, because four is too many. Yeah. Three. You three. Have three. Yeah, three is the magic number. <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking Harlan and something about Mary. What? No. Seven. Seven-minute abs. But three... Well, except there were four because D'Artagnan was joining. Yeah. So by the end, I think he even made a Four Musketeers like a sequel. Anyway, then he branched out and did Superman two and three. Well, with, he took over Superman two with but that then, other guy or the new one, uh, Christopher Reeve, the old one. Christopher Reeve. But then they've re- like scrapped his Superman two and have re-released the Donner cut. I think that was the first time there. Was, well, that or Blade Runner. I don't know where there was like the director cut. You know. Hmm. Instead of with the theatrical release, I don't, I don't think I've seen that. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot different. I think there's more like Marlon Brando, Krypton flashback stuff, and then the ending's slightly different. But um, I think the theatrical one, he flies around the world backwards and turns back. Time. Oh yeah, and then again, turns back time. like he did in the first one. Like we, yeah. we, we did that once already. That doesn't I would work. Do that. I would probably abuse that ability. Oh Jesus! If I could do that, <laughs> yeah. If Superman can do that, the Flash can do that because the Flash is faster than Superman. No, they've actually raced, and I think Superman wins every time. I hate Superman. <laughs> Superman wasn't as po- as powerful when he no. was invented originally. Like he couldn't fly and stuff. Like when, when he originally well, came out, that was like the gravity of Earth was different than than Krypton. Right. So he Krypton. jumped a long ways, almost like the whole. Well, that's why yeah. they say able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, and like yeah. the old cartoons and stuff, because he just jumped a lot. And he could like pick up cars, but he wasn't. So when did he make him fly? As comic books, it's as a bird. It went on and on it's and on. His powers became a, yeah. What, it's enhanced. no some. Remarkably good white guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just... I guess it doesn't count because he's an alien. He is an alien, but has such a good sense of American pride somehow. Somehow. Oh, he's raised in Kansas. Small town. There you go, that's right. Smallville. We'll we'll claim him, even though it's completely fictional and the town doesn't exist. We'll claim him. We we ain't got shit going in Kansas. We'll claim whatever we can. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do what we can. It's Um, way better than... Yeah, no one's ever like, hey, Superman. They're always like, where's your slippers at, Dorothy? Like, fuck you, man. Oh, my God, I'm so tired of it. (laughs) Every well before I got my Texas ID. Oh, you're so not in Kansas anymore. Kansas. You're not Kansas. Oh, really? No fucking shit. <laughs> like, like I didn't know. We that. took a trip to Hawaii. I think I was like 21, 22 or something. And yeah, we went into a bar, and the bartender was like, "Oh, you're not in Kansas." I was like, yeah, I know. I took a fucking nine hour plane ride to get here. I'm very aware that I'm not in Kansas right now. <laughs> it's odd though because it looks similar. Yeah, very similar. Here. I just flew in a circle. <laughs> yeah, this place is fucking boring. No wonder they call this the Kansas on the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a part on the big island, the the main island, Hawaii. The middle of it is is so wide open that there's actually like ranches and stuff. And there was one point we were driving along, and it was just like 
the little barbed wire fence and a pasture. I was like, Jesus Christ, I did fly across an ocean to drive through Kansas. What the fuck is this? I thought this was an island. <laughs> well, every place is going to have like that. Just like pineapple field as far yeah. as the eye can see. <laughs> like New yeah. York New York has a lot of planes like that, too, because they've got a bunch Upstate, of farmland. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it was it was. And then, of course, after you get through the pasture or whatever, you turn a corner and then, yeah, it's like tropical beaches and palm trees and resorts. And like, oh, oh, there it is. OK, yeah, <laughs> got it. Anyway, so Richard Lester, Superman two and three. He also did uh, How I Won the War, the Lennon movie. Yeah. So he's got a few things. I never, I've never actually seen How I Won the War. That was he branched out and like tried to do legitimate acting and did that one role and then stopped. You mean everything, so, everything before wasn't legitimate? Well, he was playing John Lennon and the Beatles in this movie. I don't think that was really a stretch. But in How I Won the War, he was like a guy getting sent into World War II and had to try to play like a soldier and, you know, so acting. Yeah. I don't think it went well. Anyway. So, the title track for this, Hard Day's Night. And there written, wasn't a whole lot of acting in this either. Mm-mm. So, Exactly. So, the the song, Hard Day's Night, was written by John Lennon in one sitting. I even have the date, April 13th, 1964 is when he wrote the song. Uh, the, the night after he filmed that bathtub scene in this movie. So they were making the movie, and he and he wrote the yes. song, and then they named this the, the movie. The movie after. <laughs> so, it... It came uh, about because uh, there was a Ringoism. Ringo apparently had a way with words and came in to film, you know, one day a song about, oh, God, it was a hard day's night. <laughs> and they thought it was great, so decided to make a song about that, title track, movie, everything, and that just kind of became all of it. So they recorded it quickly. Um, but George Martin, being the genius that he is, like, we need something to open it up because now it's going to open the album, it's going to open the movie, we need something big. You can't just like kick in with that first verse like it does. So they came up with this big chord idea. Um, and this opening chord has been called numerous things. I think I saw someone compose a list of every music theory guy who's claimed to have figured out this chord. And there's like 20 different things they call it. But uh, what they actually did, there are five things happening together to make this one chord. John and George are both playing guitar. Uh, John on acoustic, George on his electric 12-string. Ringo, of course, drums, and Paul on bass. And then George Martin's playing a piano. So it's essentially an F add 9. So it's an F chord with a G on the top. And then uh, Paul plays a D on the bass. And George Martin plays the chord, or the notes D, G, D, G, C. So it's a really fucking weird mishmash of things that make that huge and he plays them low on the piano so we have like really low tones and the really high chimes from the 12 string and like a broad spectrum and it's sort of a combination of an f and a d chord with a g sitting on top of it and it's a fucked up thing but it sounds cool and then it like it definitely grabs your attention um and i think it's probably one of the more recognizable like chords if you hear just that chord you immediately know what the fuck yeah you know what song that is yeah so it so my thing is Every single music theory guy who said, oh, I discovered this chord, I know what it's called, every single one of them are correct. <laughs> That's true. You can call, uh, chords can be called a whole lot of shit. Exactly. A lot of chords have the same notes in them, so it's easy. Yeah, to so you can just I'm like... sit over here quietly listening. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're going off on a music theory rabbit hole and I had no idea. Yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to throw that out there because if there's something music theory involved, I'm going to probably have to talk about it. Pretty hard chords. He's the resident expert. Yeah. 
So anyway, let's uh, let's just jump right into it. You know, we get that chord. Movie starts. Song comes in. Beatles running down the sidewalk, being chased by a bunch of chicks. God, terrible life. Yeah, pretty rough. Just yeah, getting your cardio in. Bunch of bitches following you. Honestly, I mean, uh, it'd be also a good time to get your hammer glazed. I'm sure there was a lot of glazing happening, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, at one point, George falls over and actually trips Ringo. This wasn't supposed to happen. Like, he just fucked up and fell over mm-hmm. and tore his suit and stuff. And you can even see one of the extras, like, stop and put his arms out to keep people back so that they have a chance to get up <laughs> and stuff. You know. um, and they're like, oh, that looks cool. That makes it look legitimate. So this whole thing, like, was kind of an experiment. They didn't know what to do with the Beatles. And the guy that wrote it, Alan... Was like, he hung out with them a bit, got an idea for their personalities, and just had, like, fuck it, let's just do, like, a basically a day in the life of the Beatles. Um, oddly enough, as Mandy pointed out, that ends up being a title of one of their songs. But, yep. Um, so they didn't really have to try too much. But again, nobody had done that. Like, we were saying, they were always like, well, let's pretend you're hanging out on a beach and you're a cool cat and whatever. But no, let's just see what it's actually like to do this. Like, you have to constantly run away from people. You're always trying to hide out, and it's all just so you can go play a few songs on a television special or whatever. Um, so it's kind of cool. There's some fun gags. Like, they hide in phone booths, and they have disguises on it. And the guy buys this weird milk out of a vending machine that's in the most awkwardly-looking triangular cardboard Yeah, packaging. he's trying to, like, open it up With, and stuff. And yeah. he's, like, trying to bite it open. Of course, it, like, spills all over. And It's like, uh, it's, it's like fruit juice, I think. Yeah, I've seen some things that, like, I think sour cream sometimes comes in these weird, like, oddly triangular cardboard. We had yeah, those. like, you used to get them at, like, school and stuff, like, on Taco yeah. Day or whatever. You'd have, like, the little weird sour cream. It's, packet. like, triangles on each side, but they're counter to each other. So it's, like, I don't know. It's just the weirdest fucking most awkward. And whoever thought, let's make a container that shape that it can't stand up on its own and you can't do anything it with it. It used to be, like, a frozen treat, like, kind of in that yeah, shape, too. Yeah, I think too. it was yeah. something. That's fucking weird. I don't there know. There is a Mexican drink that had, like, that kind of shape. They still make it. Do they still do that stupid shape? Yeah. What is the point of that? How is that good for anything? Like, the square carton works because you can stack them. You can organize them into a fucking... Milk crate and like I it just, just it's probably like the byproduct of a regular milk carton or something. It's like whatever they cut off the sheets. Like what can we do with this? Like fuck it, let's make a weird let's make a yeah. for this. <laughs> it out there. Like, I need to waste it. Yeah, let's make it impossible to open, and kids yeah. are gonna love it. <laughs> this is gonna get all over their clothes. It's gonna be, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be, gonna be great. great. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're gonna have to buy another one. See, boom, double in sales. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. So now let's, I take it all back. Um, <laughs> So yeah, at one point Paul's hiding behind a new, like he's sitting down pretending to read a newspaper and he's got like a fake goatee on. And this is something he actually used to do. After they got famous, he would like put on disguises and fake beards so he could actually go out. He would. Uh, it Sometimes it started out like just to see if people would recognize him. And then when, when he they weren't, he was like, if he wanted to, fuck, I just want to go to the pub and have a beer and relax. Like he would have to put on disguises just to be able to go yeah, hang out somewhere. Uh, I read... Um, I think that'd be pretty fun to do, like like Peter Griffin at the Costco or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Is that a bullfighter in the yeah. pub? <laughs> yeah, for no reason, and like a Chinaman. Yeah, um, yeah I was reading Nick. It. Please, Asian American, Asian American. Yes, Chinaman is not the preferred, preferred nomenclature. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, God, I was reading, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was like a Paul McCartney, it was a biography about him, but every once in a while it would like be intercut with interviews of him, anyway. 
Uh, he was weird, dude. At this time, he was dating Jane Asher, and she lived with her parents, and they had him move in. And he lived in, like, an attic bedroom in the parent, his girlfriend's parents' house for most, I think, like, it, almost to the end of the Beatles' career. It was fucking way weird. John? No, Paul. Paul? Paul hey. did. So, I mean, I get... Weird. Even... You think, so, like, it, after some of the success, you'd be like, you know, I'm going to move out of the parents' house. I want to buy a house and my Real own good shit. Real goodfellas type situation. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, and also, even Money when they were just dating and he wasn't, you know, Paul McCartney of the fucking Beatles yet, yeah, your boyfriend can move into the house with us. Yeah. Seems like a good kid. Yeah, I guess. Just, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, why it's not? Weird. Anyway. So, eventually, they all get on this train. Paul McCartney's got this old guy with him. And they get to their car, you know, and it's Paul and old dude sitting on one side and the other three on the other side. And they're like nudging each other and pointing. And we're like, what the fuck? Well, that's me uncle. What the fuck? What the fuck? And so finally John goes, hey, what's with the little old man? What little old man? That little old man. Oh, him. Yeah. That's my grandfather. Oh, grandfather. That's what it is. And George's like, that's not your grandfather. I've been to your house. I've seen your grandfather. He goes, well, he is. Yes, but he is as well. Yeah, that's kind of a it's kind of a, a kind of a witty little exchange because yeah. like yeah. yeah you know everybody's got a right to two or whatever everybody's entitled to yes. two aren't they <laughs> entitled. Um, I do like the shot. So when you got the three Beatles on one side, there's a mirror above them, so you can still see Paul and his grandfather like centered on the frame on the mirror, so you can still see like everybody talking to each other in the same shot. It was kind of cool. Um, anyway, Grandpa's nursing a broken heart, so his mom thought. It'd be great for him to come out and hang out with his grandson Paul, and you know, see well, you a know, life. My, and my grand, my uh, grandson. Oh yeah, my grandson Paul. He's real famous. Yeah, you should go out and see. You should him. go. You should go hang out with him. Just, just surging with poontang. Maybe that'll help you get over. <laughs> you. What you need is a rebound, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa, you like pussy? <laughs> <laughs> When's you the last time you had? If I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time he's had his hammer blades? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there's an English version of that saying. I don't think there's an American version of that saying. When was the last time you had your banger mashed? Yes. Banger mashed? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that works. Mashing up bangers. Um, <laughs> God I'm going to use that now. I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah, we say that every time. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about banging it out. We never do. <laughs> I, I yeah. continue to never say that in Oh, life. I say it now. I yeah. I, I yeah, I even I this morning I told I told Melanie I was like I'd love to hang around and bang it out, bang, bang it, it out, out, bang you out, but I got to get going. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Oh my loss." <laughs> um, this also starts the he's very clean running gag that every time anybody meets his grandfather they always have to comment on he's very clean. Um, and this gag comes from because there was a show called Steptoe and Son, a British TV show where the main character was played by this actor Wilfred Bramble. So it's the same actor playing the grandfather that played in Steptoe and Son, and he was a dirty man in rags, lived in like a junkyard. So his character was a dirty, grungy guy, so that's why they're commenting on he's very clean, because all of Britain knew him as this dirty guy, so it's just supposed to be kind of funny. And then that show, Steptoe and Son, was remade for American television and called Sanford and Son. So there you go. Anyway. I, I would. I was. This is all very interesting information. But you told me this last night, yeah. so I, I knew yeah. it. I mean, I, I was. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Fucking everybody knows that. Come on. <laughs> I totally um, knew. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite show. I love old British I love, television. I love Step Two and Son. Yeah, I love every time they say, "Oh, what a dirty old man." 
Because then he's cleaning this. Oh God, it's fucking hilarious. That British sense of humor. That's also another uh, Beatles song. It is. From yeah, every time he does anything, they always, they always, his, his, everybody's like, "Oh, you dirty dick <laughs> oh, motherfucker!" Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Worse than Benny Hill, he is. <laughs> <laughs> just going around turning people into puppets. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Whatever we talked about. That. <laughs> All right. So now in walks Shake, a guy named Shake. This is John Junkin. What a fucking name, Junkin. Uh, apparently he's a very popular British actor in the comedy world, but so Anthony knows him. He loves his yeah, British love, comedy, love yeah, old British, British comedy. Com- yeah. Nothing better than British comedy. It's <laughs> 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 right up there with the Brent- British Dental Association. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you look up the Wikipedia on that. It just says error four hundred four does not exist. <laughs> no. um, God damn it! What was I gonna? Ah, fuck it. It was British comedy. I saw something that Faulty Towers, that old John Cleese TV show. Uh, I think it was after there was a break in Monty Python, or whatever. So he just ran like a little inn in the countryside, and oh boy, they had this Hispanic helper who's carrying stuff. And he goes, "You have too much butter on this tray." Was that on this tray? He goes, "No, it's Undo's trays." Uh. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! That that that's. That was probably a smash hit joke. I'm sure. Yeah, That's comedy, peak, peak comedy. comedy. They, they, peak they comedy. nailed it every time. Sounds like that. That was where uh, new, the New Heart show came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And funnily enough, they did have a brother Daryl and another brother Daryl. So um, two brother Daryls. <laughs> so then, also with Shake comes Norm. He's the milk guy from the intro. Hands them all like bottles of Coke and sandwiches, and he's trying to talk about the itinerary. <laughs> he goes. Are you listening to me, Lennon? And you see John like covering one nostril and like sniffing the top of the Coke bottle. And I was like, is that a cocaine joke? In 1964? Shit, it was legal then. <laughs> but he's like fucking pretending he's blowing rails because of Coke. I was like, cocaine is great. He just snuck a fucking Coke joke into this wholesome family comedy. I missed that, actually. Yeah, see, yeah. he's very sly, that Lennon. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking of repeated little old man introductions and clean gags, all that. So now we get this long, awkward scene as this random guy comes in and sits next to him and they're arguing over. He wants the window closed. They want it open. Ringo wants the radio on. He wants it off. And they're like, well, there's more of us. He goes, I ride regularly, twice a week. I'm like, okay, but, you know, majority votes and, and then, uh, what is that? I don't know. Union rights and some, I don't know what all Paul's trying to argue with this guy. And then the guy's like, I'll call the guard. Call them what? They don't like insults. Yeah. Just so oh. much like <laughs> wordplay and stuff. So then they leave. They're like, fuck it. Leave them. Leave this. You can't win an argument with this type of guy. This piece of shit. Let's go get yeah. some coffee. So let's get out of here before I murder this motherfucker. Yeah. I think it's exactly what they said. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy enough. This, I guess British in 1964 didn't have the rating system. So that's why they avoided the R rating on this. Yeah. With all the motherfuckers and murder. Right, throwing them around. <laughs> George <laughs> just killing motherfuckers just, left and right. Shaking bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so when they leave to go get coffee, they decide to fuck with this guy. So then they're knocking on the door to this little uh, room, I guess. What do they call them? Train cars? Oh, like, like the sleepers? Lounge, like sleepers, a sleeper yeah. car or whatever? And so they're knocking on the door like, Mr., can we have our ball back? And he like puts his newspaper up. And then all of a sudden, somehow they're outside the yeah, train like on bicycles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I like, can we have back? our ball back? So they're like fucking with this guy. Anyway, we get to the cafe car, and Grandpa, he's a real shaker. He's always getting people against each other. He loves to fucking, like, get in people's heads and turn them on each other. So he now has Norm and Shake arguing because Shake is taller than Norm, and he's doing it on purpose just to spite him. 
He's like, you just got to be big about it. See, everything is about you being short. It's like, I can't help being taller than you. Yeah, that's what they all say. It's like, what the fuck? Um, so they come in. It's like, only two minutes he's got you at it. He's a king mixer. Anyway, they give Paul or give Grandpa a bunch of like pictures, like headshots or band pictures. And he's like, hey, Paul, could you sign this one? Well, whatever. Fucking. So he goes to hit on some ladies. Paul does. You know, he like, gets this little hat. And he's like, oh, uh, pardon me. The, the boys wanted to ask if they could join you. I'd ask myself, but I'm um, too shy. He's trying to be his charming little beetle self. One of these women is Patty Boyd. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, George yeah. ended up being George Harrison's wife, inspiration for something, and then Eric Clapton later stole her away from George Harrison famously. And I know all that story. I guess I just didn't know yeah, the that, name. This okay. is the woman that Patty, the entire no. Layla, Layla album yeah. is about. Wonderful Tonight is about her. Like, there's something magical about this woman because George and Eric Clapton fought over her and wrote all these amazing songs. About Didn't her. look too magical to me. I, I don't imagine it's her facial appearance. <laughs> Oh, I see, I see. Not an unattractive woman, but... She makes a mean sandwich, is what you're saying. She makes a mean sandwich, yeah. (laughs) A a George and Eric sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that make it a Patty Boyd sandwich? Well, I don't know. I mean, it ain't named after the meat, but it ain't named after the bread either, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely named after the meat. If you have a ham sandwich, you named it after the meat. Well, yeah, but the sandwich itself. I guess it'd be a Patty Boyd sandwich. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would be, yeah. That's what but then you also got it, you know, but it's on rye. That'd be a Patty a Patty Boyd sandwich. Patty Patty Boyd. On Eric right and Patty Melt. George. There you go. Patty Melt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it happened. Those Open rock face, stars. Loose meat. Open God. <laughs> it's too runny. All right. Anyway, so fucking Patty Boyd is here. This is where her and George meet. They're married 18 months after they meet on set here. So pretty quick. Um. Anyway, so as he's flirting with her, of course they're giggling because they know who the fuck he is, and uh, and they're all really young in this movie too. Yeah, I mean uh, George is twenty. Uh, he was the youngest. He was the youngest. Uh, Paul probably... was twenty one, and Ringo and John were both twenty three. Twenty three. Holy shit! Super. What the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm not on my like fourth number one album. But you were married at twenty two or whatever. Well, that's <laughs> twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> My God. So now Grandpa steps in to stop his grandson from trying to get some tales. Like, hey, ladies, you can't fraternize with my prisoners. Oh, that's right. They're convicts in transit. And so... <laughs> oh, that's right. Lies about it. And so then they're like, oh, fuck. Then he sneaks off. Like, he runs away. And they're like, oh, my God, we've, we've lost my grandfather, you pieces of shit. So they go looking around the train. Uh, Ringo and George are walking along, and some woman like sees Ringo and is like, hey. Like, trying to get in, yeah. come into her sleeper with him, and George's like, fucking go for it, dude. Yeah, bang it out really quick, bro. Just get in there, bang it out, bro. Yeah, bang, bang it out, out bang it know? out. Bang or mash, dude. And Ringo's like, nah, it never works out. And so he just waves and walks off. And I'm like, yeah, he like has a, he's like, oh, she just eventually she reject reject me or whatever. Me or, yeah. yeah. He like already plays it out in his head to a depressing end. He's like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> well, when your name's Ringo. Yeah. And you got that schnoz, which we ends up. Having another grandpa fucking thing about a schnoz later. Um, so then they come to another one and they, or Paul and John, find those same girls now in their little sleeping cabin, whatever. And so John hams it up, like runs in there, get these handcuffs off me, please, please, please save me, ladies. I bet you can't guess what I'm in for. <laughs> it's like, okay, perv, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so then they finally find him. 
he's sitting in a room with a woman, like they're having tea on this little bench or whatever. He's like, hey, tell me congratulations, I'm engaged. And even the woman's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you're not. So they lock him in the storage bin. Yeah, he's back there with the animals, with the yeah, livestock. Yeah, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like... They locked him up, and so Paul sits down. They're like, okay, we'll hang out. And then all of a sudden, we break into the first musical number of the movie. Bam, bam, bam. Should have known better. And now they're all sitting around singing. Well, because they get out a deck of cards to play cards, but then that turns into them this playing. musical break. And, of course, the women are all sitting around them fawning as they're being Beatles, you know. Uh, now the train stops, and uh, there's an army of fans waiting outside, of course. Norm says, the place is surging with girls. And John goes... Please, sir, can I have one to surge me, sir? <laughs> no, John, but that's pretty pretty funny. I, I, want, I just want a girl to surge me, dude. Yeah. I'm not sure what it means, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. Not sure either. Like I, I, say, I, I, I just think of the way that Mountain Dew, the Coca-Cola version of that Mountain yeah, Dew drink, surge. surge. I was thinking, does that make a condom a surge protector? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll be I'll do it, for, it. I'll do it for science. <laughs> Experiment. Surge? Yeah, just some have guy, a... just some big friggin' dude named Serge walks. No, <laughs> like this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> not what I had in mind. No, no, no not Sergi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have a cool little kind of escape maneuver here where they get off the train, run into a car. Gone so the fans start going there. They get out the other side of the car and run into a second car, and then that one drives away while the fans are distracted by the first vehicle. So pretty smooth move, I guess. And this is in their first rodeo. Um, now here's where. We get to their hotel, right? And this is where Grandpa has them all on each other because of Ringo's no- nose. They talk about how bad he snores and like, oh, with a schnoz like that, can't help but snore. And Oh, yeah. So uh, he gets the most fan mail. Like, they're all getting their, their letters and they, you know... Yeah, he was, well, first he's like, they got a big pile of letters and he was like, oh, was it any for me or whatever? And they're like, no, whatever. Or he had yeah. like two or three yeah. or whatever. And then Norm comes in with another like bag. Nope, all for Ringo. Yeah. And Paul's like... Must have a big family. <laughs> Goddamn dick. So, anyway, he's like, you've got to stay here and answer all of these. But one of Ringo's letters is an invitation to a gambling club. And the grandfather's like, no, you can't have that. Champagne and loose women and all these bad morals and everything. Sneaks it into his pocket. <laughs> that dick. sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, no. Uh, well, of course. That's why he stole it. So... If he's like, you got to answer every single one of these, and Norm and Shake leave. So, of course, as soon as they leave, the fucking irresponsible band guys are like, yep, we're the fuck right out of here. And they run off, leaving Grandpa alone in the room. Well, then a butler comes in to start cleaning, and he, like, eyes him up and down, checking out his tux, right? So now we cut to this party. Uh, I Want to Be Your Man is the song playing here, which is... Uh, a song they recorded, but then they also gave it to the Rolling Stones, and this was the Rolling Stones' first hit, so that came from Lennon McCartney. Um, but Ringo's doing this weird dance thing where he's almost like shadow boxing, like he's yeah, throwing he's his arms there, out. Yeah, like he's doing some, putting some moves down, laying and, down some moves. I mean, people are going with it. The other guys are like I've sitting I've rarely around. seen moves outside of hip-hop events. That uh, yeah, those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better watch out. And like he, some guy's like hopping his dance moves, so they just start jumping at each other and then like see each other across the dance floor like hey and they just jump for no- it's like house of pain yeah yeah jump, jump around. around there it is jump around yeah it's really weird cut to go from early beatles to house of pain but they do it in this movie it's a really bold artistic choice yeah weren't they like decades apart yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so 
then we cut back to the grandpa sitting there gambling. We go back to the party. It's now it's don't bother me. You know, they'll get a few songs as they're dancing around. Grandpa runs out of money. This is a pretty good move. And since it's already one of the hotel servants tuxes that he's in, he like gets up from the gambling table, puts a towel over his arm, goes over to another table and like collects their bill and takes the tip <laughs> and then goes and sits back down to keep gambling with it. Um, so now Norman shakes show up and like, okay, gosh. Like every time he sits down at a table, he says bingo. Yeah, instead like, of like bunko or, bunko or whatever bunko, they're playing. Yeah. Um, so it, they get caught by Norman Shake and take it back up. Like, no, I told you, you have to answer the fan mail. So they get back and Ringo goes to the closet and sees the butler sitting in there in his underwear. And have you put a little old man in the closet? <laughs> he like opens up no. the door. Like, uh, and then just shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> and so George goes, what's he talking about? And goes over and opens it. Sees the little old man, closes it, and goes, yeah, he's right, you know. <laughs> like, there's a fucking dude in the closet. Um, so they finally get him out. He's like, yeah, there was an old guy in here, and he took my clothes. And I'm like, god damn it, Grandpa. Like, I don't know what you expected when you left him alone. So they had, Grandpa's a menace, man. Yeah, I know. And he, Paul knows it. You well, he keeps alone. trying to. he keeps trying to have, that's why he leaves him with sitters, and then the sitters bail. Yeah. Yeah. So. I put um, out a silver alert. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I do, just you're just gonna have to fucking watch him, Paul. I'm sorry. It's like having a fucking toddler. <laughs> I mean, he's an old man. He probably fought in the war. Just let him, let him do whatever him, the fuck he wants. Tail and yeah. do some gambling. Who cares? He did. <laughs> right? Oh no, wait, no, no. That was that other guy who said, "I fought in the war for you." Oh yeah, that was the dude in the train. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the one that was mad at the. I fought in the war. I get what I want. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now. They go down and they get Grandpa. And he's like, I he won a hundred and ninety dollars, but his tab came to a hundred and eighty something dollars. Yeah. So they just take all his winnings and it's like, oh, okay, even trade then, cool. Yeah, that works. Um, and so we're back up in the hotel now. We get the bathtub scene after we mentioned bathtub scene where John's in a swimming suit, thankfully, but playing in his bubble bath with like a little toy submarine and stuff and like splashing water. Around. Yeah. And just be which like, I've got to think. The re- I don't know if it's a swimming suit. I'm thinking it's some kind of protection, some kind of some kind of block to keep all what? of that water from running into his enormous ass crack. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That long ass fucking ass long crack. ass fucking ass. That long and winding road. He calls yeah. it. Crack. Oh god, it's Jesus. That's right. I think it's massive. <laughs> Grand Canyon event. Makes the grand sets a record. Like it's it physic the physics of it are impossible. It doesn't work. <laughs> that crack cannot fit on a work. man that size. How does that work? Uh, I would have never known it. <laughs> I know. Until Manny, it was a you point yeah. one. You guys pointed it out. That's, that ass crack starts at the base of his neck and runs all <laughs> runs all the way down. God Damn, damn that's a big ass ass crack. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna wonder about his butt crack. <laughs> so yeah, he's playing that, and this is where. George and Shake come in, and Shake's apparently never used a safety razor. Yeah, something. He only uses electric razors because he comes from a long line of electricians, says. That makes sense. So he's like, well, I'm not going to teach you how to use a blade for your first time. So here I'm going to show you on the mirror. So Shake, like, stands there, and then they spray shaving cream on the mirror over his reflection. And then he starts shaving it. And even if he, like, slips a bit, even though it's on the mirror, like, Shake jumps a little while <laughs> Um, and this is where we have the put your tongue away. It looks all disgusting, hanging out all pink and naked and stuff. Except for it was gray. Except for, yeah, it's gray. Um, 
so John is like screaming and going underwater, and I don't know. He's like pretending he's a German submarine in the war or something. Yeah, he's. And so he goes on, like, plugs his nose and goes down underwater, and then Norm comes in. He's like, "Okay, guys, we got to go. Where the fuck's John?" I'm like, oh, he's in the tub. So he pulls the plug and drains it, and John's not in the tub anymore. Yeah, it's just like his hat or whatever. He's yeah, in there. And he's like, "What the fuck is this?" And then John comes walking in, like all dried off in a robe, and he's like, "What are you doing playing in the tub for, dude? We got to go. Come on." <laughs> Bitch. Um, I don't know. Just just fun gags. Just f- hilarious gags all over. Fun gags. Um, we go to a press conference, which I guess the Beatles were kind of known for their press conferences and all their funny answers where they're like... Uh, well, none of them well, were How'd you find serious. America? We turn left at Greenland. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I guess in real life, they get questions like, do you think Ringo's the best drummer in the world? And John says he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> shit like that um, and, but they like are you a mod or a rocker and he goes no I'm a mocker because those were the two kinds of people like you either a mod or yeah. a rocker um, and then one lady asks John do you have any hobbies and he like writes something down on her notepad and shows it to her and she's like <gasps> apparently he just wrote tits oh nice yeah <laughs> wrote, that, is, that is a what, good what's hobby what's your hobby he goes, tits that's a great hobby <laughs> yeah so um and I do love the, the British way with, with words, you know. Uh, they ask, what do you call that hairstyle you're wearing, Arthur? Yeah. You know. Calling that Arthur? <laughs> calling that Arthur. <laughs> uh, sort of like earlier when he's like, we'll call the guards. Like, what are you going to call them? They don't like insults, you know, like that. Oh, that word has two meanings. and We're going to make a joke off the other one. Um, so they finally get bored and sneak away. And, you know, the whole time, Grandpa's always getting them all to sign the picture. You know, he got Paul first, and then eventually he gets Ringo and George. You know, one by one, he gets them all to sign his picture. Um, and they see their gear set up on stage for this TV thing they're doing that night. And they go down to the stage and look it out. And Ringo gets mad because one of the stagehands touching his drums. Like, don't fucking touch my drums. Yeah, this is a real stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, I know you touch my drum stick because the left one has a dent in it. Um... So he's all bummed out, so they sing If I Fell to cheer him. Just an excuse to have another Beatles song in here, right? Um, so now we get the TV director comes in. He's pissed off. Because yeah, they're, they're, like, they're trying to make Ringo feel better because he's upset about people touching his drums or whatever. It's like, oh, we'll yeah. do, I'll fix it. And they sing the song. And then after the end of the song, they're like, oh, you, you really didn't do very good in that song, Ringo. You need to, they all yeah. start making suggestions <laughs> about what he needs to do. <laughs> fucking dicks. <laughs> you really fucked that one up. I mean, we yeah. were all great. You were not. <laughs> yeah, remember when I told that lady you weren't the best drummer in the Beatles? Well, that wasn't a joke. Uh, I mean that. Seriously. No, but the director comes out, and he's already pissed off. He's like, I've been doing this fucking ever, and I don't need some snobby musical arranger telling me how to do my job. And I'm like, musical arranger what the fuck are you talking about and of course it was grandpa going over there getting into trouble again um so norm comes in is like all right i'm gonna lock all of you in the dressing room no more fucking bullshit until showtime all right and i do like as they're leaving the grandpa walks past this musician magician and it has a sign that says leslie jackson and his 10 doves He's like, oh, I saw your dad. If you're anything like him, you're going to do great. Knock him dead. And like pats him on the shoulder and these feathers fall out of his jacket sleeve. <laughs> so he like marks out 10 and writes Red's nine. nine. <laughs> um, so now, you know, he, we get back to the hotel room. Of course, they run out the fire escape. We get the can't buy me love sequence where they don't perform it. It's 
background music now. Um, and they're all like running around through a field randomly. Uh, John was off doing press for his book that he had written, so they had a stand-in to do this. Um, and, I don't know, stupid gags here, where they're all like jumping super high and soaring through the air, and then Ringo tries, and it's like this tiny little yeah. bunny hop thing he does. It's always picking on poor Ringo. He's an easy target. He really is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got the last laugh now. He's just waiting for Paul to die. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I... Paul is dead. Jesus. We got fake Paul. We got rubber Paul. Rubber Paul. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Manny, well, Manny buys into any and all conspiracy theories. So I do not, but Paul is dead. <laughs> Paul is dead. Okay. All right. But I think it's going to be hilarious when he's the last one alive because of the Paul is dead rumor. That's just going to be mission accomplished. <laughs> it, in the 60s, he got in a car wreck. And so they've fans started this thing that he actually died and they got her. Blew his head off in a car. So then they started looking like for things in album covers and song lyrics. And like it became a really stupid uh, thing about Paul being dead. And, and the Beatles started to poke fun at it some. But yeah. So you, should listen, uh, you should listen to the last testament of uh, George Harrison. <laughs> it's all about Paul being dead. Yeah. I did a speech on that in high school, actually. It's very compelling. I, that's another podcast. I could do a lot on the on the Paul is Dead clues. Anyway, so um, now, I, lo- I like this. When they're going back from their... I guess they just needed to get away and run around in a field for a while. That's how they blow off steam, whatever. So they're heading back, and John Lennon comes across this woman in a stairway, and she's like, oh, oh my God, you're him. Oh, she gets all like shy and nervous. He's like, no, no, I'm not. We, you have to be. You look just like him. No, no, my eyes are lighter and my nose. You know, it's not. I'm not him at all. And they do this back and forth, and he like starts looking in the mirror, and she's looking at him, and finally she puts her glasses up and because, oh, you don't look like him at all, really. Yeah, and she just walks off. <laughs> He's like, she looks more like him than I do. Fuck. <laughs> what even was that? What, um... It's like, why do I? Why am I this way? I could have got my hammer glazed and kept right. on about my business. Absolutely, could have just. <laughs> Railed this lady really quick. Cool. Bang, banged, banged her out. Banged her out. Yeah, mashed, mashed his banger or whatever. <laughs> mashed his banger. Could have mashed on my banger. And, mashed on the banger. And, uh, yeah. So George stumbles into a room and immediately they're like, oh, you're a natural. Come in here right now. He's like, well, wait, what, what the fuck's going on? So they want him to look at these clothes and kind of rate them. Give us your, your generation's thought on this fashion and all this. And he's he calls them grotty. I'm like grotty, yeah, like grotesque. It's grotty. Um, oh, make a note of that word and, and give it to Susan. Yes, yes, yes. Because I don't know, it's stupid advertising people. So they're yeah. trying to pretend that they're hip and no slang. It's uh, like every everything's still going on. Yeah, it's like when a company fucking tweets out memes and LOLs and shit. It's 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 embarrassing. But the writer of this movie, Alan, swears that that was actually a slang term, grotty. But nobody had ever fucking heard of it before. So then, of course, the Beatles became, like, then they started using it because the Beatles used it in one of their movies and it became something. I'm going to so start using it. For starting Grotty. I'm, I'm going to immediately forget that. Okay. Grotty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say grody sometimes. It's kind of the same. It is about the same. Yeah. Isn't grody an actual word, not a shortened slang term? I don't know. I thought it was. Yeah, I don't it's know. grody. Um, so anyway, this guy's like, you're going to love the shirts, I Even guarantee though you think they're grotty, you're going to love them because Susan says you're going to love them. She's a trendsetter. And George's like, that bird, the one with all the stupid commercials, when she comes on, we turn the sound down and say rude things. She's a drag. 
She's a major drag. And Dredge is like, fuck you, you don't know anything, you piece of shit. We're going to kick him out. Kicks him out. Fuck that guy. Also, don't renew Susan's contract. <laughs> That's weird. Well, he goes yeah. over to a calendar and he's like, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, no. A change won't happen for another three weeks. Okay. It's the kids who are wrong, just like that Principal Skinner meme. But anyway, yeah. But just in case, don't renew Susan's contract. <clears throat> just in case. Yeah. So, uh, uh, from it's Grody, uh, clipping of grotesque plus Y from the British Grotty of same oh. origin. So apparently, oh, Grody, Grody is Grotty. From All Grotty. right, look at that. Damn, thank you, look Beatles. Fucking trendsetter over here. Or I guess not even Beatles. Alan Owen, the writer. But and then it was popularized in the United States by the Valley uh, Moon Unit Zappa there uh, Valley Girl. Oh, yeah, she was in uh, Frank Zappa's song, Valley Girl. He had his daughter in there, like, every time there was a break in, like, the song, she'd be like, oh, my God, for sure, gag me with a spoon, yeah. saying all the Grody Valley Girl to the max. Grody. Grody to the max, yeah. Grody to the max. Okay, that makes sense. It was, it's a pretty funny song. And then, yeah, the fact that he had his own daughter just making fun of that L.A. thing. Anyway, Frank Zappa rules. So, now, there's some weird German opera segment going on on the tv some kind what, of weird thing what year was this again this was 64 64 that's right um but there's a thing going on in grandpa's like in this backstage area or something and he sits down on this thing and uh he has one of these pictures that's been now signed by all four members and he starts forging their signatures on on the other the rest of the pictures he has because of course he's a mixer he's fucking always scheming this grandpa so he's got his get rich quick schemes um but he accidentally hit some lever and he turns out he was sitting on a lift that comes up from the bottom of the stage. And all of a sudden he like appears in the middle of this romantic opera scene. <laughs> and um, of course, pissing off the director again. So now they get to the stage for sound check and they do the song. And I love her. Um, man, I fucking love this song growing up. Uh, and I love her. I mean, I loved Beatles uh, always, but uh, this song was just really different for me. I, Cause I, was on a farm and I had my mom's like little 45s, like the singles that I'd played on my Fisher Price record player. Um, and I didn't have anything that sounded like this with like some vaguely Latin rhythms and an in more interesting chord change than standard pop music. It was just like yeah, it is, super different and interesting. Because yeah, it uses a classical guitar in it, right? Cause yeah. Because that sound. It's even a classic. And Ringo's like playing a clave beat. And yeah, this yeah. is not standard pop fare, at least anything I'd ever heard before. So I was like, oh my God, this song is so exotic and cool. <laughs> it is a really cool fucking song. But it's not a very exciting scene because it's, I mean, they're practicing for their performance. So it's like all the camera angles yeah. and, and things. Um so now Grandpa throws a fit in a makeup room. And I do love this fucking line. He's like, I was promised to change the scenery, but so far I've seen a train and a room, a car and a room, and a room and a room. <laughs> like, that's a fair point. I mean, that's life. Yeah, yeah it's all right, Grandpa. Because <laughs> anytime we get outside of that, you fuck shit up. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, welcome to the life of a rock star. I can't go outside, so this is what we do. We sit around in rooms. Yeah, you're that's banging in it, a train yeah. car. Yeah, <laughs> getting engaged within minutes. Yeah, fucking turning people against each other, starting bum fights. Yeah. What the fuck? We can't take you anywhere. Bum fights. And <laughs> it seems like something you do, right? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. If he could make money off it, of course he would. So then John's talking to one of these girls. I can get you on stage, you know. Oh really? How? Well, you turn right here at this corridor and go past the fireplace. It's right there. Nice. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um. 
they get back on stage and there's a shitty dance number like these ballroom dancers but it's like a piano version of their song i'm happy just to dance with you um super cheesy like well we could do it better so of course they play that because it's just another excuse for a beatles song right um and they leave ringo in charge of watching grandpa bad idea bad bad idea while they go off to do stuff and so he's sitting there reading a book and grandpa's like oh look at you with your book you and your books and i just love the way he says book and i used to say it that way a lot and then everybody just thought i was crazy (laughs) which i guess makes sense not a lot of people have seen a hard day's night i'm sure so they wouldn't get that i was referencing something instead of just an idiot this is the first time i've ever seen it yeah so they're all out there having fun and doing stuff and what do you got a book He's like, you're right. They're unappreciative of you. Where would they be without your drumbeat, huh? Yeah, that's right. They've driven you to the books. You're fucking right, yeah. <laughs> and so Ringo takes off. And then Grandpa's like, all right, on my own again. I mean, it takes him no time at all to, to get out of every single situation they put him in. So now they have to go find Ringo. Like, you've only got half an hour before sound check, guys. Like, we got to have you here. Um, or final run through or whatever because they've already done the sound check. So now we get this boy, this uh, song, this boy, the scene where Ringo's wandering around all sad and lonely, but it's an instrumental version of it. So this is called Ringo's Lament. Sometimes <laughs> you'll see this boy and then Ringo's Lament in parentheses. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, instrumental version because of this scene. But he wanders around, he's taking pictures because he fancies himself a photographer, uh, hanging out by the river, looking all sad. And everybody's like, oh my God, look at Ringo acting all sad. Like, He's so good at this, but actually he was just hung over as fuck when they filmed it. <laughs> so he was just like, ugh. That makes sense. And it, and it played well. It we need a look- Manny's Lament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have every day. Yeah. At least every recording day, it seems, man. Well, we used to record on a Sundays. <laughs> wow. Well, that's the, that's the worst time. That's the problem, because... Manny's apartment is across the street from a mezcal bar, and uh, oh my God. he fancies mezcal. So this, it'd be like if I lived directly across the street from like a whiskey place, right? Either a distillery or that fucking bar we played at in Georgetown that had like fucking fifty different fancy whiskeys and shit. Oh, what was that? Barrels and Bear, barrel and amp or something. Barrel and amps, yeah. Yeah, if I lived across the street from that, I would be broke oh, as man. shit. It'd be That's like if I lived it. across the street from a church, because I'm always getting high on Jesus' love. Ugh. It'd be just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would end up being like Detective Tequila from Hard Boiled, and just living at the Sleeping bar. Sleeping on the Literally floor. Literally living Sleeping at the on floor, the floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ringo up in a pub, and he tries to buy a sandwich, and he's like digging his change out. He spills change all over this table where these guys are using quarters for something, and fucks their game all up. And then sets his glass down, and these guys are doing the thing. You swing and have to catch on a hook. Oh, yeah. And they end up breaking his beer glass, and it spills all over. And just every time he turns around, he's like fucking up someone's the hound game. song. The Hound Song in Columbus, has the brewery has that game where you, you like have, have a swing. ring on a hook, and it yeah. swings, and, and you try yeah. to catch it. And it's almost impossible, but... Oh, you can do it. You can do it, but it's... No, I no. put my kids at there. I'm like, yeah, you can play this game, play that game. And then I just drink beer while they're trying to do it. And they... Yeah, <laughs> for hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, great idea. Whoever's here, have your kids do this and get fucking wasted. Anyway, so Ringo's just <laughs> fucking everything up. Thanks, Cidercade. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, Cidercade, please sponsor us. Um, now we got two minutes to final run through, and three of them show up. Still no Ringo. Um, so Norm and Shake are like, we'll go find him. Well, where's Grandpa? And find him outside selling his signed Beatles pictures to the fans <laughs> lined up. And uh, as soon as he pulls him out, he gets mobbed. And they're just like, fuck you, we're taking them all. 
Um, so he gets kicked out for causing a disturbance. Uh, Ringo gets arrested on like vagrancy and looking suspicious or whatever. Like yeah, all the charges like, were all bullshit. Lo- yeah, it like while he's walking along, like, one kid like runs him over with a tire that he's running. Oh and yeah, then he makes friends with this kid. Oh yeah, and, that's like, right. Have a little heart to heart and and yeah. So he's just hanging out, but um, yeah, they're they're really uh shitty about these charges that they and then the guy that does booking is like, oh, and that's it. Okay, I guess sit over there. Like you did, <laughs> so you didn't do anything. Um, and then Grandpa comes in, all pissed off and being very aggressive about being. Grandpa the, feels a lot about the police, like I do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I say he is very a cab. Yeah, very much. He like he calls all of them gay. There's all sorts of gay references, and tells Ringo that they're gonna come for his biscuit. Yeah. Or his, his brisket, his a cap, because he said all coppers are villains. Yeah, what he told that's what he told Ringo. Coppers yes, yeah, yeah. He is very anti-cop. Um, of course, back at the studio, the director's freaking out because now we've passed final run through. Missed that. Now you just have half an hour till showtime, and we never got to do the run through. Like, what, what? What? This is this is fucking this is shit. Which is funny because at this point in the movie, there is actually thirty minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> See, genius, genius movie. Works and so, out. And of course, they're all trying to like call them. No, it's fine. Everything will work out. We'll definitely be on. Your show's going to go off without a hitch. And George goes, can I say something? Yeah, anything. It seems highly unlikely that we'll go on. The law of averages is really against it. <laughs> 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 Beautiful. I can't uh, get over that director dude's sweater, though. He's wearing oh, like yeah. got a huge, oh, with like, a huge fucking... some I don't know what kind of sweater he's got, but it is fluffy as hell. Yeah, it does look very comfortable. Even yeah. in old black and white, I was like, man. But I wish I had that sweater. On stage under all those lights, fuck yeah, that. I think it'd be hot. Oh my God, that'd be miserable. Well, have you ever been to England? The weather is lovely. Yeah, but you're still inside a studio with a whole bunch of lights on you. It's hot well, as shit. Well, it's always gloomy and kind of dark, so I assume it's a little... It was a joke. Oh. Because <laughs> the weather is not nice out there. No. No. I've never been. Good. I've, <laughs> I've been to the United Kingdom. It was pretty nice on some what, days. Is it? Um, on some days. Yeah. You know what? It's not 110 degrees. Freaking humid as hell. Freaking sun beating down on you. like, like. So all <laughs> these assholes, when you get here to the nation of Texas... Oh, you don't like the weather? Wait 10 minutes. Oh, weather is crazy. No, from fucking March until October, it's just 100 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Plus. That's we it. have, we have, we have a... For as much have... as they like to talk about their crazy changes in weather, like, you motherfuckers don't know no. shit. No. Spring is summer. Summer, summer is, is summer. Extra summer. Yeah. Fall, Fall is, is summer. summer that kind of... Dr- and then you'll have, like, a week of actual winter. Maybe. It's Maybe. mostly just fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so... Which is, I mean, that's great. Like it's a great. hotter like, fall. I like cold weather, but me yeah, too. No, it's it's definitely not. It's hot. It's not fuck it's extreme here. weather changes like no, other states. They are they are bitches. They After our show us. last night, I it, I looked like I just like jumped into a pool. I was just sweating. Yeah, I worked some yesterday. I was even done like before noon, so like before it got really hot. But it's still, like my shirt, I could have wrung it out. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, that's mine right now, and I'm inside. Like yeah. I sweat a lot anyway. Well, you take <laughs> off that fucking Angora sweater or whatever you're wearing over there. <laughs> so comfy. It's comfy. <laughs> I'm trying to be a TV director. Um. So yeah. All right. Grandpa sneaks back in because he had broken out of the police station. Uh, pulled a fucking John Rambo and 
Yeah, Tom they were about to let him go. They were about they were to let him, him go. Anyway. Like when he ran out, the guy's like, hey, you forgot your yeah, pictures. You, you, you forgot your stuff, <laughs> man. Like they weren't even going to arrest him. And so um, he gets, he comes in and the cops are still chasing him, right? Because he, they were guarding the door and he had some, like paid some kids to distract the one guy, the guard, so he could sneak into the studio. So of course they're chasing him in. And he's like, guys, Ringo's at the police station. They got him. They're fucking arresting him. They're kicking his ass. Like, He's yeah. just sitting on a bench, dude. Yeah, he's like, like sleeping on a bench. Yeah, he's just fine. <laughs> he's, he's still, still got on his the, camera. He's too. like out in the waiting room, yeah. just hanging out. Like they didn't even put him behind the counter and fingerprint him. Like he's not detained in any way. Um, so I like they go back to the police station and they get him by like distracting the cops and having the cops chase the rest of the Beatles because they think they have to do this grand thing to get yeah. Ringo out. And he just like casually strolls out of the police station, like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> Completely confused. So I like the foot chase leads them around and there's this running gag of this guy trying to break into a car. So every time he sees the cops running by, he like hides down and like, I think the first time he even like gets on the street and kind of crawls under the car a little bit. Yeah. Second time he just like ducks down behind the door. Third time he's just like, fuck it. Waves it off and like just goes ahead and breaks into the car and sits down. And at that moment, a cop opens the passenger door. It's like, chase those guys. We got to get them. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> So they, I mean, they work a lot of good gags in here, um, but they do make it back finally. Um, they, oh yeah, the foot chase leads all the way back to the police station because they reach some dead end and don't know what to do. So they just turn around and run back and lead the cops right back to the police station anyway and wait and catch their breath and like, oh yeah, we got to get to the TV station yeah. and take off. And they're like all in there and they're like, oh yep, we got to go. And, <laughs> and the cops are like, just like, I don't even know why we were chasing what you What the fuck was that all about? What were we just doing? Well, it reminds me like in college when like you'd be at a party and like if you were 21 or whatever, if the cops came and busted the party and you had a bunch of friends that were underage, you would just run. That way they would chase you and they'd give all the underage guys time to get the oh, hell out. Yeah, yeah I, that could work. I think my cousin Eric was telling me like... That was before the police just shot you. Yeah. Oh, God, the good old days. Those <laughs> 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, cousin Eric, I think, was at a party, like, a you know, those old country road parties that we would do back then. Right. He was 21, but a lot of people weren't. And so he just sat there, and the cops came, like, where are everybody going? He's like, oh, I think they ran off into that field over there. And so they went off, and he just, like, sat there, just <laughs> drinking beer, watching these cops, like, run out into the middle of a wheat field looking for kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, at least that's the story he told. I don't know. This seems plausible with Beloit, Kansas police. That's for fucking sure. So, small town Kansas police. Most small town Kansas. Yeah. So they they play the song "Tell Me Why," and I, out of all the songs from this album, how that's the one they picked to play on TV is weird. It's not. It's definitely not a hit. It ain't a. It ain't a banger and mash of the Beatles catalog. That's for sure. Um, weird choice to be the end of the movie, right? But they play that whole song, and then there's like a small run of a few others, like clips of other songs. I think they. Right. Did four on this performance. We only see one full one because the other three are like rehashed from earlier. You know, some of the same songs we've already seen in this movie. So um, anyway, it's a huge success. Everyone's all happy. Even Grandpa, who's handcuffed to a cop, is clapping. Um, they go into She Loves You because that's still, even though it's not on this album, it's earlier, it's still like the biggest song in the world. It's still one of their bigger yeah. songs. So they do that and everyone loses their fucking mind. And this is where we see the cop and the other end of the handcuff is empty. Somehow Grandpa like slipped out of the handcuffs and taken <laughs> off again. Um, and he ends up using Slippery that lift again from earlier and comes up on stage in the middle of the song. Oh, that Grandpa. Yeah, that fucking Grandpa. And so they take their bow and they run out and jump in a helicopter 
that's just there. It's a kick-ass looking old helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just getting a helicopter. It says the Beatles on the side. Yeah, they got their own copter, man. Well, I think it was just like they pasted something to the side. It wasn't, yeah, like, it was a, it wasn't it like painted on. It was yeah. like boards stuck to it or something. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we get Hard Day's Night again, and they fly off, and that's it. Credits. There was no real climax. There was no character arc. Nobody learned a goddamn thing. I no. learned a few things. We learned a whole lot about Grandpa and his feelings about law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. I think and, he's the real hero of this film. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's it. That's a hard day's night. The the original Beatles film. Let's go around. Let's have our thoughts here, Manny. What did you? My God, I love the Beatles. I love the Beatles with, my, with all my heart. I will buy this movie. I will own this movie. But it is not a rewatch, man. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that because I would get like their next movie, Help. They actually tried to do something else with it and it was not good and then Magical Mystery Tour was Paul's idea was like let's just get this crazy hippie van and drive around and whatever happens happens well who would have thought that that would go wrong and that's like unwatchable <laughs> bad but I still owned it uh, I did not owned it on VHS I did not upgrade that to DVD so don't worry you guys won't have to suffer that one um, but yeah just because it was Beatles and, and yeah. yeah so I understand that mentality but don't want to rewatch it okay yeah uh, I, this is the first time I've seen it and it was interesting enough to watch just to get that. I'm not a huge Beatles guy. You know, basically, it's like you can like the Beatles or you can like Glenn Danzig. And I'm a Danzig man. <laughs> oh, yes. The big rivalry. Yeah. Are you a Beatles man or a Danzig man? <laughs> no. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm probably never going to watch this again. All right. Fair enough. Um, I have seen this a lot. And I think out of the four Beatles movies there are. This is the only one I would actually rewatch. Yeah. Um, but it's... Well, I, I haven't know. seen any of them. This is the first one that yeah. I see. So, I, well, I guess there's three because Yellow Submarine isn't them. They just used their songs. It's more and of then, a music video, too. Yeah. And then uh, Let It Be was that documentary that ended up being turned into the Get Back documentary. So that's not a movie so much. It's just watching them in the studio. So three movies proper. Um, but this is the only one I would rewatch, but it would have to be specific. Like you'd have to be in the mood for watching the Beatles perform songs. It's not like, Oh, scrolling through. Well, fuck hard is not. Yeah. Let's throw that on real quick. It's right. not, it's not. Well, and if you're like a big Beatles fan or something and you got a kid that you want to kind of yeah, show I'm them sure stuff, I'll be you could playing probably, this for Rosemary yeah. a lot when she, as she grows up. For yeah, sure. See, I guess that's different, but I mean, if I wanted yeah, to listen to the music, if I'm I'll sitting, just put I'm scrolling it on. through, I'll put on fucking Deadpool 20 <laughs> times before I put this on once, right. just casually, yeah. So, definitely rewatchable, but with, with some caveats there. Yeah, so, there we go. It's a sort of one out of three rewatch. <laughs> Step up your numbers, Beatles. Fuck. <laughs> no, it's a rookie coach, number. Like, my coach are like, hey, we want to watch this Beatles movie. I'd be like, great, watch it. I'll be outside. <laughs> Listening to Danzig, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> mother. <laughs> Just stare at your backyard. If you wanna find <laughs> anyway. I smell aloe vera. It's just so I wanted to it's good news. Hey, you can smell, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I got something for you to smell. John Lennon's enormous ass crack. Oh, God. <laughs> Bring hey, you know what? Bring it man, on over here, that man. That ass crack went into the ground in nineteen eighty and we can still smell it. <laughs> it's, did it go all the way into the ground? I don't though? think it went did all the way in. It? Is there, can the earth accommodate that crack? <laughs> Jesus. I don't think it went all the way in. Oh, that's terrible. We finally got to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, but we still have not found the bottom of John Lennon's <laughs> ass crack. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's down there somewhere. Oh. 
that, that got gross. All right. If you like what you heard, let us know. How do you do that? You can find us on Twitter at Their Watch Party. Find us on Facebook at The Rewatch Party. Email us at TheRewatchParty at gmail.com. How do you feel about mixing old men and banging mashes and John Lennon's ass crack? Specifically his ass crack. Yeah. Only his ass crack. We, we have enough opinions on everything else about John Lennon. We just need to know about his ass crack. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll put out a poll. About that. John, John Lennon's put, put that picture out there. <laughs> I think we have before, but we'll do it again. We'll do it, we'll do it again. Fuck it. Why not? It should just be a weekly thing. Just a reminder that that existed in a world. <laughs> just a reminder of John Lennon's long ass. <laughs> what a long ass. Uh, don't forget about our Tournament of Champions ever going. Uh, endlessly going. These battles. These guys. It's righteous, man. It's a right, there's righteous fights. These righteous fights. Stabbing people in the ass. <laughs> Face fucking. All sorts of crazy shit going on in that tournament. Uh, it's our sister show to the rewatch party here, so you can... Vagina uh, candles. Yeah, it was one thing we talked yeah. about, wasn't we it? We talking about vagina Gwyneth candles. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina yeah. candles. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. Jesus Christ. 70 bucks. <laughs> God. How'd you, how'd you bring your dick? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Our world is stupid. <laughs> Make sure you find us on Twitter and Facebook to vote on that. Your your votes do count. They're very important for the outcome of these battles. Uh, join us next week for a drastic change of pace from Hard Day's Night as we experience uber violence in first person with Hardcore Henry. Until then, I'm Nick with Anthony. also a good time to get your hammer glazed. Hello, Henry. Do you remember how you got here? This next part might hurt. Squeeze. You and I were, and still are, husband and wife. I love you, Henry. They want your technology. I would like the new you. There's an army standing between you and your wife. So let's go get her. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Woo! This is war, baby! Because I'm having a good time, having a good time. Shooting star leaping through the sky.
lay there. Swallow that blood in your mouth. Are you gonna stand up and go spill theirs?